Hi, welcome to the Modern Principal Podcast. I'm Christy, and in a moment, you'll meet Karen. We're two elementary principals and on a mission to redefine the role of school leaders. We try to use our voice to steer the new generation of those invested in education to see themselves as leaders regardless of their title. Each week on our podcast, we tackle a real scenario through three different lenses, the scholar, systems, and soul. This means we'll use evidence, research, and expert opinions combined with our intuition and relationships to create systems that are also sustainable. This week, we dive into our predictions of what future schools will look like. Thanks for joining us. Hey, welcome to the pod. It's really funny. We're trying this new thing where we record an intro, and Christy just did like 17 takes, (laughs) and I'm just staring at her awkwardly the whole time. And then finally she's like, I'm just going to do it later by myself. (laughs) Well, and Karen did one totally like just on the first try. It was the second try. The second try. Amazing, but but I am pretty great. But still. Anyways, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Yes. This week was interesting because we got to go to our capital. Yes. Our state capital, Jefferson City. Yes. And um, it sounded like you said fake capital. You said state capital. It is a real capital. Uh-huh. As part of some of our doctoral work, um, and we got to see a lot of interesting things. My favorite part was meeting with an education lobbyist. Yes. That was so informative. Very interesting. And we've talked on some other podcasts just about how in our state, is it a third? About a third third of all bills that come through our legislature impact public education in some way. Mm -hmm. And I I would imagine that that's pretty similar for a lot of states. Yeah. I mean, you think about just education policy, but that's not all. Anything with hiring practices, anything with insurance, anything with funding, funding, anything with taxes or protected classes, (laughs) Title IX, all that stuff trickles down and how we um, look at it. There's a couple bills that are really interesting right now in the state of Missouri. We've talked a lot about a couple of them that have to do with um, charter expansion and state funding. Mm -hmm. There's also some that are about like our legislators deciding what kind of reading instruction we may have to do in all of our schools. Like actually writing in the bill, this is the type of reading all of your kids will receive. So yes, it it's, is. It's wild. There's it's wild. Yeah, I don't know about other states, but right now Missouri has quite a, a an attack on public ed in our legislature. Yeah, so it's really. I mean, it's really nerdy, but we love to talk about it. Yeah, we just won't go into too much detail. It was here. really interesting to see like the Senate floor and the House floor and just. How like the interactions and yeah, like the debate was very casual and like some like nobody seemed to be listening to each other at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not everybody was present, which is no. interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's just just interesting. I think that that's why it's really. I had a teacher say something to me when I got back, and she was like. Yeah, did your fourth grade teacher not ever take you to Jeff City? <laughs> we see this all the time. And I was like, no, I, they should have. Anyways, there you go. That was our witty banter. That was our witty banter. Okay, now to move on to the next piece of the pod. We are on scenario. scenario. This is not a real scenario, you guys. It's not. This was a graduate assignment that we had to do. Yes. And so it is a real scenario because it is a scenario of a paper we had to write. Yes. <laughs> we, we will now read you our papers. <laughs> no, we had an assignment for our facilities course, and it was really interesting, and it was about um, – Taking a look at if you could design the school of the future, what would it be? And so it was just really interesting. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Well, because my introduction is so bad to my paper that I might actually read it. Oh, could you please? Um, be- 
it's just really bad. So I also want you guys to know that we were not on time with these assignments. <laughs> Is that bad? We are perfect students. <laughs> so here's my introduction. Mm-hmm. I'll be in because I this think like high school maybe, but I, I think that your paper might be about what my intro is not. Okay. So I said, while it would feel optimistic to mention collaborative spaces, intuitive design, and technological advances in a discussion of classroom of the future, it does not appear to be all that practical. With declining budgets, crumbling facilities, and legislative turmoil, America's public schools continue to do more with less. It is hard to envision a future classroom that does not have larger class sizes, stressed teachers, and increased responsibilities. In an effort to remain positive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this paper will focus on the future of serving the whole child. <laughs> wow. That was very gloom and doom to like, here's a silver lining, everybody. All I feel like though is that we just keep having to do more with less, with bigger class sizes, and fewer administrators, fewer teachers, fewer supports. You know, so as we try to structure this podcast, because we don't want my husband to say we're not focused, I will say... Anthony. I know. I will say um, that that was actually what my I was going to share about as the scholarly approach, was how to really look at supporting the whole child. Really? Yep. That's what your paper was about? It sure was. I also talked about technology a little bit, so I don't know which direction you want to go, but I think both of those are really part of our future in education. That's so interesting. Yes. I wrote about the same thing. So one of the things, like, my soul is, like, what do I spend? People always say, like, what do you spend most of your day on? And I would say 30 to 50% of my day on an average day is spent supporting the – I don't necessarily want to say mental health because that's not accurate, but, like, supporting the social-emotional growth of our students. Yes, agreed. And that includes conversations with parents – working with teams of teachers and teams within our building to to figure out plans for students, um, to find resources for families. So kind of like facilitating that holistic approach. Would you say that's right? Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. Yes. And I, so as we think about schools of the future, how can we think about bringing in some of those supports into the building? I found when I was doing some research that um, 20% of all students are diagnosed with mental health concerns. That's just the ones that are diagnosed. But out of that 20%, 75% are receiving no treatment or support. Really? Yes. And so as our schools try to support them with classroom teachers and counselors and social workers, um, what are some other ways that we could bring in some of those community resources into our schools? So That's one, my big dream. One of the things that I researched, because I had worked in Houston, Texas, um, when I first started my career, And they did a lot with um, site-based health. And so actually a lot of doctors and dentists and um, psychiatrists were all actually on site, whether it was in the building or if they put a trailer on site. And so they were serving the community and serving students and students' families um, through the school's facilities, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I was wondering if in the future, if that would become a bigger movement mm-hmm. um, to have the school, because we're already doing so much of that. Like right. we already bring in dental buses right. and we bring in um, health physicians and, and healthcare workers to sometimes even do like flu shots or, you know, different things. And so I was wondering if that we would expand that. Yeah. I, I read some research um, by Adelman and Taylor. I'm going to quote that, cite that. Thank you. I don't usually do scholars. I don't know if I'm doing it right. But they talked about when you, for mental health, doing like a site-based approach where they come in one or two days a week is actually not as, 
it's um, helpful for the students that are on their caseload, but it still doesn't, like, move the needle, so to speak. Really? Yeah, they talked about how it's because the the therapists don't really have a ton of time to work with the school staff to mm-hmm. really get to know what the student's like on a day-to-day. So they kind of just work with that student in isolation. So there's really not a lot of carryover scene. And the therapist isn't really used also to, like, further the school's goals right. or to, like, share their knowledge with teachers and staffs mm-hmm. on different ways of doing things. They just kind of come in, grab students, and leave. And they say often their caseloads aren't even as full as they could be. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So... What this recommended was figuring out how to make that a part of, like, the staff. To Yes. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. Like, full-time as part of your elementary, middle, or high school. Yes. You have two to three therapists or, yes, um, med- like, medical personnel there to work with students and staff, but to also be a part of your goal setting for your building, to be a part of your training for That'd your teachers. Amazing. Yeah, and it, the biggest thing that my research shared was that um, – the, the biggest barrier for families getting kind of that help for kids of all ages is kind of those three, mm-hmm. they described three barriers, transportation, insurance, and then the stigma surrounding mental health. Mm. And so if you have that as just the general practice of every elementary has this, that removes all three of those barriers. Yes, it does. So, um, and that would just kind of make it as like, this is what school is. So that's what I think. I'm, like, dreaming right now. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Yes. It would be amazing. So the challenge is to think about how we can not only advocate for that, but also figure out how to partner. Um, Part of our jobs as school leaders is to figure out how to make some of this stuff happen. We can't just wait around for legislators to change the system or to to give us more funding. Um, So then it comes into our, are we thinking about writing grants or partnering with local hospitals or things like that? So... That's something to chew on. Those mm-hmm. of you listening, how can you kind of make some of that happen? I don't have an answer. I was like, I was just staring at Karen. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. So write us in if you figure it out. What else did you find? Anything else? So I also looked at kind of just the generic physical health as well, just because I think that we'll continue to have more of that. I don't want to say burden, but um, we'll continue to just care for the whole child, which in- includes that physical health. And well, yeah, because when kids aren't feeling well, it's hard to learn. It's hard to be your best. Yes. And I found some research that I should have written all this down, y'all. Now I'm like scrolling through my paper. One of us was very prepared. One of us was not. I'll let you guys guess as listeners while I fill the air. Some of the research that I looked up that I cannot find. Or site. Or site. um, So I could just be making it up. Is that there is an inextricable link between health of students and their achievement. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that they have their basic needs met um, through health. Yeah. And so I know that part of Christy's intro talked about You could talk about technology, but we can't be that optimistic. (laughs) But I actually think that fits in really well here because one of the things we've learned in COVID is how kids can learn a variety of different ways. And sometimes they need to take periodic breaks from school, um, episodic breaks, depending on what's going on in their lives, whether it's a vacation, Mm -hmm. whether it is um, they're not feeling well, but they're feeling well enough to listen and learn, but not 
they might have symptoms that don't allow them to be at school. And so how could we pivot technology into having, my thought is, could we have cameras set up in classrooms so we can live stream? Mm-hmm. When kids are at home, we turn that camera on so it's live streaming for students that aren't there. Or having um, additional support for students that can zoom in from home and and be still a part of the learning when they're gone. I think that would help a lot with um, the whole child, too, because mental health-wise, you would feel like you're not missing out. Sometimes attendance has nothing to do with students' control. Right. And so it would really help kind of widen the barrier, like eliminate the barriers, but also widen the impact that schools can have, knowing that some students may learn better in different modes. That's a really good segue to think about technology and how it can actually support the whole child, because I wouldn't have thought of that before. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) There's my compliment for the day. Anyways, it's kind of an interesting scenario we thought we'd share with you guys, because it got us both dreaming about what could be, and it got us also excited about, like, it's something to just know and think about what could be, but then now to kind of put plan to action. So what's our... It's also making me realize that my paper was really bad and yours was really good. I didn't actually read mine. I just pulled out two parts. <laughs> two parts. But as we leave today, thinking about schools of the future, what would you design as school in the future? And I think it's important to let your mind go there. A lot of times as principals, as school leaders, we don't have time. I've had someone, this is off focus, but not really. I had someone shadow me last week and she asked me like, so when do you sit down and like, how often do you like sit down in your office and like plan out stuff? And I was like, do you mean like plan out a lunch schedule? Because I have to do that. Like I have to change it for summer school. And she's like, no, like like the long-term planning. Vision, yeah. And I'm like, you don't do that during the school day. No. Nope. We just really don't have time to shut our door for four hours. And not even just shutting the door, but like your actual mental capacity. Yes. It's very difficult to get to that level of flow uh-huh. in the middle of a school day. When yeah. When there could be fires all around you. So our tip, our thought, our call to action for this week is to find some time, whether you're a runner, who I don't know who you are, or you like to go to a coffee shop or whatever, and start to let your mind dream of like what what would be the school mm-hmm. of the future? What would be your classroom of the future if you're a teacher? And how could you start to figure out how to make that happen? That's a good point. We even just had a vision meeting this week with my staff and... I said we we did what could be. So we did what's working, what's not, and what could be within different areas. And I encouraged the newbies who hadn't been to one of these meetings before. I said, you really have to think what could be, even if it seems so far out of um, the realm of possibility, because you can still move towards that mm-hmm. without, even if you can't get all the way there. Absolutely. So that's our um, call to action for this week. What is working with your school, your classroom, what is not, and what could be in the future. What could be. Thank you for following along with us this week. Be sure to go like us on Instagram at The Modern Principle. Give us some likes here on um, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. And be sure to shoot us a scenario or two. We have quite a few um, up ready to go for the next couple weeks, but we want to tackle something that matters to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.